Welcome to The Ledge. My name is Chris Harper, and I'll be your host every week. Every Tuesday, I will interview an artist, developer, or creative mind from the Web3 space. I'll be getting up close and personal with my guests as we explore the emerging crypto art and NFT scene. It is my feeling, along with many others, that we are in a digital renaissance. The emergence of blockchain technology has revolutionized the way we look at ownership, provenance, and digital assets. It is my goal as your host to help shed light on these complex subjects and even more so the individuals behind it all who are carving out their place in history here on the ledge of Web3. Hi, everyone. My name is Chris Harper, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode of The Ledge. This afternoon, I'm talking to a digital artist named Katerini Escobar. Katerini, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on. Um, I'm a big fan of your work. I, Thank you. Uh, I, I saw one of your drops on Nifty Gateways a couple of months ago, and I was really taken by uh, one of the pieces that you that you put out. It was called Geometry Lessons, and uh, and I, uh, I I actually bought a piece of uh, of art and. Uh, collected your work and I've been a big fan ever since. So thank you so much for, for coming on. Thank you. Yeah. Katerina, can you start off by telling me where you're from and a little bit uh, about yourself? Yeah. Uh, I am from Medellin, Colombia. Um, I, I study arts there and I am dedicated to arts. Like since maybe since I was 16, I always love uh, everything related with art, and um, I, I when I decided to start study arts, um, I was doing more like photography and maybe experimenting with different techniques. But after I graduated, I uh, I was doing more like painting and drawing, and I decided to start traveling like. I live in different countries like the last 10 years and drawing was very uh, uh, practical because uh, if you, if you can just draw with a pencil, you can just move everywhere and pack your, your materials and like a big canvas is very complicated. And then drawing, uh, I don't know, became something very, uh, I don't know, very important to me. And I discovered like, pencil and, 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 and uh, I don't know, paper, something that, that goes with me everywhere. Oh, that's incredible. So you said that you grew up in Medellin, Colombia. That's that's really cool. I've uh, I've been to that city a number of times myself. It's a really big city. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, it, it is big, but it's not that big as you think because, okay, you, if you see the city, it's in a valley, but has uh-huh. uh, like a... I don't know, another like little cities around that you think are still Medellin, but they are not. <laughs> but yeah, right. it's, very, it's, very, it's very big and there is, is a lot of population in this small amount of, uh, this is small territory. Yeah, that is. That yeah, is- it, it, definitely, it definitely feels like a, big, uh, like, a, like a big metropolis when you're there. I, uh, I've stayed in the Poblado neighborhood several times when I was there, yeah. which is a really nice area. And they have like, I think there's like some universities and stuff nearby there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a couple universities. This is a very nice area. It's safe. It's beautiful. Yeah. 
So you said that you started creating art when you were 16. What, what inspired you to do that? Um, okay. Like I, I study like arts since I was my baby nine, because I have like uh, uh, the, the, the real, the real story here is like my mom, uh, uh, she saw like something in me when I was like a, like a child. She saw like very good, um, technique in my drawing and, 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 and she, she saw the potential and she decided to put me in like art classes since I was like nine. And then I was doing it. Like I keep doing it. And when I graduated in high school, I decided to study arts. Like was something that I, I was always doing. And yeah, like I experiment with different kind of, uh, um, I don't know, like disciplines, like photography, uh, painting, a little bit of serigraphy. I don't know how do you say that one. Like anyway, and some video, and and the last one was uh, pencil drawing. But uh, the funny story is, after the pandemic, I or, or during the pandemic, I get a a tablet and a digital pencil, oh, and with nice. all this free time and being inside. Uh, allowed me to learn how to use uh, this program that, that mm -hmm. you can draw like very similar to a pencil, but it's digital. And I found out fascinated and I experiment with that tool. And right now I love to do that. And I am just doing like digital drawings since there. Since there. Right on, right on. What did your parents do for a living? What, what kind of work did your parents do? Uh, okay, my my father, uh, he worked in the Coca Cola factory in Medellin. Okay, okay. And my mother uh, was a math teacher. Uh, she retired like a couple of years ago. Your mom was a math teacher. Uh huh. And it's and the, funny the, the because ti the title of that last piece that you dropped was geometry lessons. Did that did that come because it, was that inspired by your mom? That was inspired by my mom. My mom exactly. She um we had a discussion like just before I started that piece, and was about um. She always thought that you can teach math. A from the perspective of art and geometry like geometry is is, is a, a a discipline that you can do that like you can teach the kids through the forms the shapes even the colors and yeah and then we had the discussion and i was thinking like maybe i will make a piece uh related with that and then i found this idea of like this girl playing with this uh, thread, and she was making this figure of a triangle. And if you see in the top of the drawing is the for formula, form of uh -huh. uh, yeah, like a perfect triangle, like all the, 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 all the sides are the same. But she's trying to do that with her hands and she cannot because it's very complicated. But that thing beco becomes like a like a spider web. It's like a like a, a game of symbols and elements. I I think artists have been using uh, mathematic formulas for a long time. I mean, even like you go back to like Leonardo da Vinci and uh -huh. like, you know, you know, 
It's funny because I, I use a formula for uh, in another drawing. Uh, was about uh, the atomic bomb. Uh-huh. And oh, I wow. put the, the formula there. And then some physicist from Brazil, he's a, he, he's a teacher in the United States. He, he told me, like, oh, that formula is wrong. <laughs> and I said, like, <laughs> I, I, I didn't do it. I just, like, found it, like, in some documents about the, the, the war and the atomic bomb. <laughs> you just copied it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What so your mom was a math teacher, your dad worked in the Coca-Cola factory. Did anybody in your family have like an artistic background? Like was there anybody in your family that was like inspiring you to do this? Uh, for my mom's side, yes. There is a lot of very talented people, uh, a lot of uh, I have a lot of uncles, men, <laughs> and they they are very like good with, with, with their hands. They can I have a, an uncle that is very good sculpting wood, and and I have a cousin that is the best like a portrait portrait draw a, a person who can make portraits with pencil, very realistic, very beautiful. He's amazing, and yeah, I think like like my mom's side, they have this artistic uh, I don't know this this is a artistic uh, values. Colombia's got a pretty rich history of art. You guys have the Botero Museum there in um, in Medellin, right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. He he donated like a museum in the middle of the city with a lot of his work and maybe some other contemporary artists and even uh, like classic artists in South America and. It's a very interesting and beautiful place that everybody who goes to Medellin should visit. Yeah, I've been to it before. It's actually you're right. It's very. Uh, it was a lot. It's a very very cool museum. What do you feel like you were ever inspired by any of that at all? I, you you guys are both. You both have the surrealism kind of aspect to your art. I guess right. I love his painting because it's very symbolic, and he he. He used his own aesthetics to talk about, uh, I don't know, about like society in Colombia and political issues. And I, I tried to do the same. Like from the aesthetic part, we are not close, but from right. the conceptual part, we are. I, I, I really like his work. And, and, and if, you, if you remember, his paintings are very clean. Very well done. The, the the you know the technique is, is is perfect. Yeah, the the thing that uh, that made me ask that question was the symbolism. So like Botero used a lot of symbolism in his in his paintings, and I feel like you have like all this symbolism in all your artworks. You know, I was going through your website and just looking at all your your different drawings, and everything seems to have like symbols you know there's there's all kind of things going on in there can you talk to me a little bit about that yeah like since i was a student i always loved to play with surrealism and symbolism mm-hmm. and yeah. and 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 i don't know like at the beginning was unconsciously but then uh-huh. i i i start to play with that because i want to I don't know. Give to the to the viewer 
uh, something they can think about and everybody could make their own story, not, not, not just give it the, the piece like uh, ready to, 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 to see and live. Like you have to think a little bit, you have to create, create the story. And even right. I have people all the time asking me, oh, what, it, what, what this thing means? So, but There's... I just wanted to give you the, the, the I give to the viewers the freedom to decide what it is. Like I, I'm, I'm looking at a photo, a picture that you drew. It's called Eva, and it's a like a, a young girl. She's wearing a red dress. She's got like you know like some fruits above her head with like a little mouse on there, and then she's holding an iron. But the cord of the iron turns into a snake. Yeah, that one was kind of uh, talking about <laughs> this. I don't know. I wanted to do this allegory about the the, the Bible. The Bible. Bible call, how do you say? Bible. Uh -huh. uh, you know the story of uh, the Garden of e Eden? Yes. She's supposed to be Eve, but like a, like a small version, like a girl. Uh, but, you know, instead of have uh, Aidan, and, and, and you know, the, she, she's, she's like a normal girl. And right. the snake is like the iron, like... And, and and we always talk about the iron like women because it's, it's like a funny thing like nobody likes to iron and women they hate that and then it's like she got the iron but the iron is the snake and Eva is the woman that you know the first one who give us all the I don't know the values that we have to keep but maybe the girl's not convinced about this oh, maybe I don't want to be Eve I want to be another kind of women and and there is an apple, uh, apple tree, but she's not interested in the apple. Maybe the snake wants to have to eat the mouse. There are, it's, it's like a very crazy version. Of so it. your symbolisms goes from like political to religious to Absolutely. like even like gender identities and roles and things like it's it's all over. The, that's really wild. You're thinking about a lot of things while you're creating uh -huh. art. Exactly. <laughs> What's your education like? Where, tell me about that. Like, tell me, tell me your education, your regular, like your formal education, mm -hmm. and then your art education. I'm interested in hearing about that. I studied uh, fine arts in the National University of Colombia. I was like a five years career, and uh, when I graduated, I it's funny because I I stopped doing art because I decided to be an art teacher. And I worked in a high school and a university for a while, uh, giving like a art class, his, uh, history of art and things like that. Uh, but after a while, I decided to return to doing art and not teaching. And, and there is one, I, I leave everything. <laughs> uh, and I decided to become an artist was like a hard step to take because, you know, artists, that they don't make a lot of money and it's hard to survive mm -hmm. as an artist. But I could do it. <laughs> and now with the, I don't know, with the NFT uh, blooming, maybe it's a good possibility for artists to be in better shape, like at, at least economically. Yeah, it's funny you said that. I've had this conversation with several artists that I've interviewed before you. Um, you know, like you know, we talked about the term "starving artist" and and like how that that 
that term almost doesn't need to exist anymore with the emergence of crypto art and NFTs. Like all artists have an opportunity to find a place and make a living. Uh, that is true because I, I always survive making art half time and, and working in another thing like teaching, mm. you know, something like that. Right. But like, I really make like a couple of sales, like in the, in the real life, like a physical, maybe I sell like one or two paintings and some drawings and mm. some prints, but when I, when I started to do this, uh, NFT was unbelievable. Like people can pay like what what the the, the art is worth really, and they appreciate. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot of collectors' interest, and even people, I don't know, it's it's, it's it's amazing. Before you got into NFTs and digital crypto art, were you doing anything in like galleries? Did you have any shows or gallery exhibits or? Any like places where you were selling art outside of the digital space in the traditional art world? Uh huh. I I did a lot of exhibitions in in different countries with my physical art, but the exhibitions were not uh, commonly for like selling my art. It was more for showing because I don't know. As an artist, if you have a resume full of exhibitions, that give you better jobs and better opportunities, but mm. Honestly, like not not for selling. I saw like a couple of things, but was more like accumulating exhibition. And yes, I did it like a lot in my country and other countries. Yeah. So you would do exhibitions and and like show your work, but it wasn't selling. You weren't selling a lot of it to like collectors. No, it was more like uh, I don't know events. Like yeah, mm -hmm. I got it. I understand. Um, did, did what were you what were, what kind of art were you exhibiting in galleries? You, you had mentioned you'd done photography. Was it drawings or paintings? Well, or it's, photography at the or beginning, was it? it was photography and then painting, acrylic painting. Yeah, like that. That was the the, the most. And then uh, the last year was a little bit of drawing because I, I could transport it easily. Yeah. Mm. Do you uh, do you still do photography now? I abandoned photography like I don't know, like long time ago. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I uh, I have interviewed a lot of photographers, and there's a lot of photographers are emerging now into the digital space. You know, uh, I love photography. I appreciate Me like, too. and and a cool thing with the with the NFT world is like I can see a lot of photographers now that before. They, they, they were like maybe in someone in, in Instagram I was following, but now they can see like amazing things and, and Twitter, of course. I always ask everybody this question. I wonder if uh, you can remember this. Think back to like as young as you can think. What was the first thing you created in your life that you would call art? Ah, uh, yeah, like I know exactly when... When I applied to be an art student in Colombia, like public universities are very hard to get in. You have to, mm. because there are just two or three and, and then just pick like the best because mm -hmm. there's not, I don't know, money for like everybody to get, get free education. And then it's a yeah. very hard, hard test to get. And then I remember that 
you have to write a test, and then you have to do an interview. And that interview, the teacher told me, he gave me like a piece of paper and then make something with this. <laughs> and then I have like a couple of the scissors and maybe it's, it's a sticker. I don't know. Like, I don't remember well, but I remember like the little material. And then I make this chess game with just the king and the queen on one side and the king and the queen on another side. But the, the board wasn't like square with like some crazy triangles, like, and then they cannot go straight. They just have to. <laughs> and I thought like, this is a sculpture. This is like maybe my first piece of art. Oh, wow. Where is that piece of art now? Do you still have it? Oh, I think that this is the garbage <laughs> the, the same day, but they, we <laughs> took a picture and I was like proud of that thing because, oh, I was maybe 16 or 17 when I, when I tried to, to get in the university and, and, and yeah, I was very young and very naive, but I was doing something like that. Now, I, if I think now that was very cool. I always think when I'm asking this question to artists, I'm thinking like, what happens if this artist becomes like super famous, you know, like stuff like that becomes. <laughs> but yeah, I tried to do it again. <laughs> really valuable. <laughs> what, what got you from traditional art into the digital art space? Do you remember what that was? Was You had mentioned uh, during COVID, was there some, that was, some catalyst? Yeah, that was just when the, 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 the COVID began. Um, I got a, uh, an iPad and a digital pencil and oh. that was just for, for fun, like, because, uh -huh. and, and I didn't know the NFT business exists. I was just experimenting and I found like, oh, I can draw with this thing and my drawing can look almost exactly like pencil. This is super cool and it's easier. And then you can make like this huge files and maybe you can print in future. And I accumulate, like I, I was working and working and working because I was working from home. And mm -hmm. then I have a lot of free time. And then I decided to, to keep doing it, keep doing it. And I accumulate like, like a good amount of drawings, digital drawings, but without any intention to, to sell or print or nothing. And I, I started my Instagram and I got a lot of followers and people was asking me, oh, you sell these drawings? And I say, no, they are like not drawings. They are like digital things. And they say, I, I, I can't believe that. <laughs> and then can you sell me the print? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I sold a, a, a couple of, of, of prints. And, oh, nice. and then somebody came and told me about NFT. And had you had any experience with like cryptocurrency like bitcoin or ethereum or anything like that uh no no like no. not i i didn't know anything about cryptocurrency at all when i when i joined this i joined this for something like was something funny somebody invite me to to this uh gallery there were two guys from New York. I don't know if you know them. They're like Ilya and Andrew. They have this NFT 500 gallery. Okay. And they invite me to the NFT world. Like they say, oh, we 
see potential in working, why do you right. can work with us? Then I start with them. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty incredible that uh, somebody took the time to show you that you know show you that path, right? Oh I, yeah, I, I, I am very grateful with them because because they are amazing. They are super smart. They know the business very well, and I didn't know anything about it. Was it a hard thing for you to learn? Um, like what? And I mean, you know, not not everybody takes to this very easily. A lot of people find it very difficult to understand even what nfts are and crypto art and all these terms that we throw around in the web3 space was it hard for you to learn that it was very hard i i didn't have an, a twitter account uh, okay uh, i opened one and 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 i and i, and I saw the, the, the how this community works it's very interesting because everybody knows everyone and and mm. you have to keep what is going on and you have to keep like posting and talking and 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 I, and I was like in my little island I never like I wasn't like sharing with other artists or nothing like that but now it's crazy <laughs> but the good thing is they teach you like I have a bunch of friends from Mexico Venezuela Argentina and they are always able to answer any question, even if, oh, you have to be careful because somebody can empty your wallet and things like that. And, sure, oh, sure. Look, this is this event. You can participate, like put, put your, uh, I don't know, resume here or there. And it's like a team of people working all the time. It's a lot of work, I know, but it's worth it and I enjoyed it. Awesome. Let me ask you this. What was the first thing that you minted? Do you remember? Yeah, I meant three pieces and foundation. There was a three pieces of okay. Uh, it was a the virgin, like it's like a virgin uh, uh -huh. version of like I made uh -huh. like a virgin version, like Caterina's right. virgin version. Uh, one is like a skeleton, like face. This guy, the name is El Patron. And one was like self-portrait. That's the one with the cat on his head. Uh-huh, that one. And the other one is like like me, but looking at me, it's like a self-portrait. And yeah. Except I, you have a bird on your head on the other one. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You use a lot of birds. You have a lot of birds in your um in your art. It, it's funny because people ask me that, but I think that is an inconscient reason. When I when I was when I start doing this this digital work, I was doing in the pandemic, always inside. And in Canada, it's very, I don't know, it's very nice during the the summer, but in winter, the all the birds goes, except the mm. crows. They are around all the time, even if it's winter, and they are huge. And then I started to take pictures of them and, and drawing them. It's like they were like my friends because the, all the nature disappeared during the winter, but the crows are still, are still uh -huh. there. And then that is one of the reasons. And then I, I uh -huh. like like birds and animals in general. I got you. I'm curious. I was just noticing, I was looking at your artworks on foundation, these first, uh, these first things that you minted. 
they uh, did all of them sell? Has all of that been sold, or are you still like have things up for sale there? I think there is one that I didn't sell, sell, but the other ones are. Yeah, they they sold. It looks like you were selling. Um, it looks like you were selling those for around one ETH, which is a, uh-huh. that's a good that's a good amount of money to for your first sales. That's really good. Congratulations! Yeah, that was unbelievable. I was very happy because I, nobody paid me that well for a piece of art. And and when I sold those pieces, the Ethereum wasn't a good price. And I was like, why? Wow, this is unbelievable. <laughs> do you find that do you find that odd that uh, that there's such a disparity between what people will pay for traditional art and what people will pay for crypto art? Yeah. I was curious <laughs> and I was amazed. Like this is unbelievable. It's funny, you know, like people will kind of hesitate to spend like a couple of hundred bucks on something to hang on your wall in your house. But, you know, people will spend $40,000 on a picture of a cartoon monkey. Exactly. <laughs> that, that I cannot answer that. <laughs> do, you, um, do you collect any uh, NFTs? Uh-huh. I try to collect uh, from my friends. Like, yeah. uh, yeah. Is there anybody that you're collecting right now? Is there anybody you want to mention that you're collecting? I, I, I really like a work of, uh, this artist from Mexico. He's, uh, like a collage artist. He's very talented and, and his work is very meaningful and, and identified with him because he's, uh, he talk about politics and society the same as me, but he's a little bit more uh, direct. But I, I love that. His name is Limbo Mask, and I think I I collect. Uh, he he's nice. the one that I collect. I collect the most pieces. Even I I made like a collaboration with him. Is it still? Uh, we 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 didn't like uh, showing yet, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, it is great. It is very beautiful. So from from what I can see online, it looks like you did a you did a drop on foundation where you minted those three or four uh, pieces on foundation, and looks like they sold. and And then what happened? Did you go from there to Nifty Gateway? Is that what happened? Yeah, I went to Nifty, and I was yeah, I sold everything there too. Mm-hmm. And now I didn't do anything for those two months or three months. And now I have a, an, uh, an exhibition, a drop uh, next Thursday. Like, oh. yeah, th- yeah. Where is that going to be? Uh, there are going to be four pieces. Uh-huh. Uh, it's like we, we called it like um, the first drop. The name was Evocations in Red. And because uh-huh. this one is the similar, not the same, but similar uh, concept. We decided uh-huh. to call them evocations and read like two, the second part. And is this, had, is this a drop that's happening on Nifty Gateway? Yeah, it's going to happen next oh. Thursday. And it has uh, oh. four, four pieces, and they are amazing. They <laughs> have right. a little bit of blue. It will be different from the first one, but yeah. <laughs> oh, that's very exciting. I just want to say for people that are listening um, to this conversation and they may not understand what we're talking about, we're talking about different platforms where um, artists 
can showcase and sell their work. And there's a there's a platform called Foundation that we discussed. And then now we're talking about Nifty Gateways. Nifty Gateways is more like a curated type of platform, right? Where, you know, somebody got you onboarded to Nifty Gateways. How did that happen? Can you talk about how you got there? That happened with, uh, okay, like I told you, I I met these people from the 500 uh, platform. NFT 500, is NFT that right? NFT 500, yeah. And they introduced me to the Mad Pups. The Mad Pups. To the Mad Pups. Yeah. yeah. They, they create art for Nifty Gateway. And then, right. and then that is the way I, I, I could be in that platform. How, how did that happen? Did somebody call you and say, hey, we want you to, we're with the Mad Pups, we want you? Uh, the, yeah, the people from NFT 500, they told me. Uh, yeah. Ilya, he, he called me and he said, oh, we got a, a draw for you in, in, the, in Nifty Gateway. And at the beginning, I was like, what, what is that? And then I <laughs> I realized like oh, it's a very, very big and important platform. Yeah, I and and that's I mean you know that's a huge opportunity for an artist to get uh, their work showcased there. I, I and correct me if I'm wrong. I, I believe the Mad Pups is like a group of people uh, that just do like curations, right? And then they promote different artists. Yes. How does that work? Do they do, do, are they like are they promoting you for for a profit or are they promoting you for how does that how does that yeah work? they take a profit. But, they, take profit. but right. they have uh, col- collectors and they, they do the promotion and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a group of people that they, they, ha- they have uh, helped uh, like a, a bunch of artists and like a very good artist. Yeah. So for people listening that might not understand this, uh, you know, this space is so new and I think people listening may not completely understand all the nuances of the things we're saying. It sounds like the, the Mad Pups is like a, it's almost like a gallery that exhibits work from artists, except for it's all in the digital spaces, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So for the same, like by the same way you would showcase your work in a gallery, a gallery would take a small percentage or a percentage of their sales. If you're doing something with the Mad Pups on the platform, Nifty Gateways, they're, they're taking a percentage of your sales, but they're promoting you. They're making sure the world knows who you are and, and getting your work out there. Yeah, 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 it works like that. Super cool. That's really good. Cool. Congratulations to you for uh, for for getting yourself there. That sounds, you know, like a big accomplishment in and of itself. Yeah, I am very <laughs> grateful with them, with the people of NFT Gal- NFT Five Hundred, and the Mad Tops. I, yeah, I am very grateful with them. They help me a lot, and they still help me because they are always like open to answer any question and help me. Yeah. Nice. What do you think about the the current state of the art market in the digital space now? How do you feel about things as they are right now? I am learning things. Like I met a couple of OGs and mm-hmm. they they always say like the market is always like that. Like it's up and down. That mm-hmm. they say don't worry because uh this this thing is not going to end. But right. you have to have the nerve to understand that sometimes it's going to be like devastated and sometimes it's going to be good. 
then it's a yeah. very, I don't know, emotional thing because <laughs> some of my friends, they just get frustrated and even sick and they have to go to the doctor for stress issues. I think people get pretty nervous, you know, because it's a lot, you know, we're going through what everybody is calling a bear market right now, which yes. means that uh-huh. the for 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 anybody listening, you know, most of the works that we're talking about, these artworks, they're all priced in the denomination of Ethereum. And Ethereum is a pretty volatile cryptocurrency that can be worth, you know, a lot of money some days and a little money some days, you know, and when it and when it's down, uh, the value of all these artworks and these things that are selling are worth less. And uh, I think that makes people really nervous. And like you said, it gets artists get sick and depressed and, you know, stressed out and anxious and all those things. How do you deal with that? Um, I, 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 I don't get too, I don't know, emotional about it because I was always doing art because I love to do art mm-hmm. and the business of NFT just like add something nice to my work. Like, but I know that people started doing art or quit their jobs for dedicating to this. And I think that is my, that, that is harder to take. But in my case, I, I, I just think like I always am going to do art. I am doing it for years mm-hmm. and I'm not going to stop if this thing keeps going i will be there if i don't i don't think this thing is going to to stop honestly but in that case i it will be okay i will keep doing art and mm. that, that that is the way i take it well, i think that's a good way to look at it i mean uh-huh. you know, but i don't think i don't think this is going to end because you see i, I like people is getting more in the digital world like you see people leave with their phones and the and you know the 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 the, uh, the those your tablet your computer you are like there all the time and then even everybody's the, connected to uh-huh. their phone all the time and then if yeah. you consume art you're going to consume it there because you're not going yeah. to the galleries anymore outside after the pandemic I think we 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 get like too comfortable inside that even if we have the possibility to go out we don't anymore it's funny but. And then art was like a good uh, way to, I don't know, like to have some feed for your soul or something like that. And maybe that is why this thing uh, show up, the NFT business. (laughs) I had a very interesting um, talk with an artist, Dave Krugman, the other day. You know who Dave Krugman is? Uh, He's a pretty OG in the NFT space. And we were talking about Um, you know, his, his idea of the future for art is that everything will be an augmented reality in the future. And like, you'll have like glasses or contacts where you just see like art in the world, even though it's just there, the digital realm, it's not really there, you know, we'll see, we'll see things that aren't really there. So we'll be able to like, look at the wall and see art Mm -hmm. on the wall. Uh, Talking about it, I participate in, in one exhibition in Argentina that was in February or March, and they just display my art in a screen. And another mm. one in Bogota, Colombia, it was the same. Oh wow! And then 
maybe that is happening too. Like it's better just send your file, they just display in the screen and, and, and it's not this hazard of moving objects around the world and paying insurance and things like that. That I is another thing definitely... that maybe can happen. I think that you're right. I think that's happening more and more. Uh, when I was at NFT New York, did you go to NFT New York or have you, no, you been no, to any I, of these conferences? Yeah, no. I, I, I love, but I, I, I couldn't go. Uh, and how was you it? Talked about, it was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, it was so cool to see all of these people that you see on crypto Twitter and the internet and, you know, talking online, you know, people that you communicate with and, in the digital world to, to meet them and see them in real life. That was the highlight for me. I met a lot of really cool people. That was awesome. I'm so yeah. jealous. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had mentioned earlier um, that you'd done, you'd spent like 10 years traveling. Can you talk about that at all? I'd love to hear about your travels. And I, I just life. live a little while in, in Ecuador and uh-huh. then a little time in the United States. And then I moved here. Canada five okay. years ago right on yeah and, and it was it was great because I learned from those three countries a lot I I, I did my, I think my art changed depending on what, what I was like living and I think like traveling like like give you a lot of I don't know like uh like tools and 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 thoughts and things that you can use to, to, to do your art, knowing other cultures, other language, because I'm just learning English. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're doing pretty well. <laughs> your English <laughs> is quite good, actually. I, I, uh, yeah, I was, I was wondering, I was nervous. I knew you, I knew you were from <laughs> Colombia and I knew you spoke Spanish really well, but I wasn't sure when I asked you on the show. It's like, I don't know if your English uh, is great. <laughs> I, yeah. It started like, Five years ago, and and and, but you know, like speaking with people here every day in English helped a lot, and I watch news and English and movies and everything, and that helps. Yeah, for sure. Right on. What are you uh, What are you working on right now? What are you creating in the moment? Uh, I am creating uh, two pieces for uh, this project. The name is uh, I don't know if you know this this project the name is um collective gg they do some sport cards but they do like other like drops uh they create uh drops with good artists and and right now they have this project that's is launching uh october 14 it's a tarot Uh tarot card tarot cards Uh uh-huh and then they pick like 13 or 15 artists and then uh, you know, they, they give you like two cards that you have to rep- represent uh, in, your, in your own style. Oh and my God, can... I bet you'd be so good at that. Your art is uh... like, it already, you already have like the tarot card vibe going on, right? right, right? Yeah, I, I made the, the temperance and the lovers and they, they are great. Yeah, they, that, oh, that is what I'm doing right now uh, for that, that drop is going to be uh, October 14th. And the other one, you are not going to believe me. What's the name of that drop? What, what did you call it? The, the, the project? Yeah. Uh, Collective GG. Collective GG? 
Uh -huh. Just like two G's, the letters. Uh huh. And and it's not collective with the with the E and the N. They they take the E and the collective is with K. <laughs> I gotcha. Okay. Uh -huh. All right. And the other project I'm working on is something crazy that I decide to make a Pepe. You know those guys? Yeah, I do. You're gonna make a Pepe. I I just finished one and it's like very like it's my style, but. It has a pet. Like, it's very interesting because somebody told me the story of Pepe's, and I was thinking that is fascinated. I would like to do something like that. And but some people say no, your art cannot be a Pepe because that is a Mimi, a, a meme. And then, yeah. um, but I decide like treat very well my art. Mm -hmm. If you see that, that piece is my art, but it's a perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, I will, I will be in the, in the next drop of the, of the Vincent Van Gogh, uh, uh, rare Pepe. Yeah, no, I follow that. I just saw, um, there's an artist, Grant Yoon. Do you know who Grant Yoon is? No. He's a uh, he's really popular right now in uh, like the crypto art scene, and I just saw he had a, a one of his rare Pepe's was they were trading for eighteen ETH, which is like twenty something thousand dollars, uh -huh. <laughs> which is really crazy. That yeah. so, well, that's very... really cool that you're going to do that. So uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and 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 yeah, that that is a very close market. I right. I met some. Uh, people there they manage this this thing and and it's very close but it involves a lot of money honestly but yeah. they are very you know they they are very like engaged with the community they know each other it's not a lot of people it's not a lot of artists but they trust each other they make great great pieces it's, it's very fascinating this this industry and this 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 world of NFTs and digital art that we're living in now is so big. How do you keep up with things that are going on? Like, where do you get most of your information from? Uh, I have very good friends that they are involved and in, they are artists, but they are involved uh -huh. in, the, in, the, in the world of cryptocurrency and, mm -hmm. and trading and things like that. And they inform me. They are very mm -hmm. uh, generous with the information. Uh, I try to not get too overwhelmed with information because I, I I'd rather just do my art. Right. But I, I like to learn what is what is going on, what should I do? Yeah. I wanted to ask you another question. I know you that you um, you said that you use an iPad to create a lot of your art. Is there a specific program or something that you're using specifically? Can you talk about that and how it works? Um, yeah. How do you uh, how do you create on there? Like, how does something get started and wrapped up in on this iPad that you're using? I I use this program. It's very simple program. Uh, the name is a Sketchbook. It's okay. free. It's an uh -huh. appli free application that you can download in like an Android or iPad, right. and um, works very similar to I don't know like. Photoshop, you work in, you can work in different uh, uh, layers, or you can work directly to, you know, the if, if it's like a piece of paper, something. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I always try to do 
of picture. For example, Eva. Uh -huh. I made that one like was a picture of my niece. She's my niece. Oh and, wow! And, <laughs> and I told her like just get the iron. And 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 she was in Colombia. My sister-in-law took the picture, and based on that picture, I did the drawing like. Something like that. I always try to to start from a picture, and then I, uh, I draw the picture. I, I I do like this mental collage, and then I I develop that and and uh and the drawing. I mean, your 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 drawings definitely have a, a very realistic uh, look to them, especially the faces and like the hands uh -huh. and all of those things. Like drawing is practice. I wasn't that good ten years ago, but I draw a lot. Maybe two or. Three I bet you'd make a good day. tattoo artist. I was thinking about it, but my back, <laughs> my back is not is not in good shape. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you, some of these, some of these, uh, some of these drawings you have would make really killer tattoos, though. Has anybody ever done that? You know, if anybody's ever taken one of your drawings and turned it into a tattoo? A friend asked me for permission one time. I don't know if he did it, but he said, uh, can I use this one as a tattoo? And I said, of course. <laughs> if you do, just show I me. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. That would totally be uh, that would totally be a good, like, another path you could create tattoo sketches for people. Do you have a team or we've talked about NFT 500 and we've talked about Mad Pups. Did you work with anybody like as a team? Does anybody like working with you on a daily or weekly basis? I, I told you I have a group of very good friends. Uh, friends. Most of them are in Mexico. And even I, right. I visit them like a month ago. I went there oh, wow. to see them physically because we had this long relation talking every single day. Uh, yeah, like, but it's not like, like work It's more like an emotional support. We support each other. We, when everybody do like a drop party, everybody goes there. We try to talk for them and, and we are like a family. We are, we, we do things together, collaboration. We work in project. Uh, we give the alphas, you know, that word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, do this and and yeah, that is my teamwork, but it's not related with my art. It's more like emotional support or technical gotcha. support. I wanted to ask you about your relationship with your collectors. How do you um, maintain relationships with your collectors, especially in the digital space? I I I have a relationship with some collectors that mm -hmm. talk. Uh, Maybe sometimes I ask like for, I don't know, like maybe some uh, feedback of things that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, maybe, for example, the Pepe thing. How do you say Pepe? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Pepe. You got it. Pepe is perfect. Uh -huh. yeah. uh, was because a collector uh, recommend me. And he's right. a collector of Pepe's, and and he and I, and I show him my Pepe, and he love it, and he say we, we we can work together to put this Pepe and the rare Pepe uh, <laughs> and season. And he 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 I don't know. He had friends, and he was texting his friend, and he helped me a lot. Like I have, yeah, I have a relation with some collectors. Right. Maybe there are other ones that I I, I don't I don't like follow up like often, but. 
I, I know yeah. who they are. <laughs> when you when you when you um, when you did your drop on Nifty Gateways, did you like go through and look and see like who collected your art and try to get Absolutely. in touch with people and yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that, but my friends told me that, that you have to make a list, see what what your collectors are, what they are their interests. I, I remember, I, I think you and I connected through social media uh -huh. after I bought a piece uh -huh. of your art and that's how I kind of, you know, came came about, you know, talking to yeah. you, like now we're talking here, but, you know, I always, as a collector, I've always appreciated that when an artist um, follows up with me after I purchase something from them and, you know, at least say, Hey, like, thank you, <laughs> you know, for buying my art or whatever. I've always found that really like, like a super cool thing for artists to do. And it makes uh -huh. you want to connect more with that person and then collect more of their art, I think. You know, yeah. Really yeah. The, that, that is, that is something that, that, that I learned from, from uh, my, my friends that say, you have to talk with your collectors, big red pool yeah. and, and, and see what, what what they are expecting. I don't change my art for for, for not, nobody, but I I, I receive like very nice suggestions. And sure. sometimes I take it because some of them like they know uh, things yeah. they can be valuable for your work. Yeah. We we talked a lot about these pepes. What how many how many editions of that will come out? Do you know? Uh <laughs> fifty three. 53. And for anybody listening in to this podcast that's wondering what the hell we're talking about right now, <laughs> rare pepes are kind of a, a cultural thing. And uh, it's like pop culture of NFT world, right? They're like yeah. these cartoon frogs and they're all like, you know, uh, each, each one is created by a different pretty popular artist. They're very rare and limited. And I think that if I'm not mistaken, you can only buy them on um, on Bitcoin. the Bitcoin. Yes. Yeah, on the Bitcoin platform, which most uh, NFTs are collected on Ethereum. So uh, it's a little unusual. You know, you have to go through some hoops and set up wallets and do things to get this. <laughs> to I get spend this like, I spent almost one day setting this pepper thing because everything is so different and a little bit primitive, like. I consider myself to be pretty well versed in all of this stuff, crypto. I'm, I'm, I understand it all. But when I, I was trying to buy a Pepe from an artist that I really like a couple of months ago, and man, I was having a hard time with the counterparty wallet and all of that. Like it just got, I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing right now. So, and I missed and you, it. And you, and you learned, you, you did it? Yeah, I, I missed the drop, but you know, I figured it out eventually, and oh, now okay, I understand yeah. it. But uh, I did miss that particular piece <laughs> that I was going after. <laughs> and yeah. of course, as soon as it dropped, there were like, you know, fifty of them or whatever. The price, you know, went up ten times, ten x or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the, the that war is very crazy. It's very like, I don't know, volatile. Yeah. It is very volatile. You're correct. How do you use social media? Do you use social media to connect collectors? Um, what platforms of social media do you use? Um, how are you using social media to your advantage as an artist? Uh, I, I am using a lot Twitter uh, to communicate with collectors and, and the public in general that is interested in my work. And uh, Instagram for some. Not a lot of collectors are in in, in um, and Instagram, that is 
something extreme. But yeah, that, that, those are the two uh, platforms that I use the most for, for nice. showing my art and see the art of other artists. That I like to do that too. If I was looking for your art, where would be the best place for me to go look? Instagram. Go to Instagram? I think for any artist, because the way it's displayed is like, it's like very, very like well done. Like you can see the pieces big and then you can move and see the close version of that piece. And, you know, like Twitter is more for like, I don't know, text, uh, maybe some pictures, but the pictures look very small and very pixel. Gotcha. I think, yeah, Instagram is better. You do have a very, you do have a very nice Instagram account. I will say I've, I've looked through there a good bit and I love all the art on there. How do people find you on Instagram? Uh, it's Caterine, like sounds with K, Caterine, art, core with K, K-O-R-E. And I'll, I'll make sure to put a link to that in the show notes. And then do you have like a link tree that takes you to like a website or your Twitter yeah. or other things? The, my link tree is everywhere. It's in my Instagram, my Twitter. My Twitter is Caterine Art. Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. I'll make sure to put that in the show notes so that anybody listening to this conversation that wants to find you and buy some of your art can find you. <laughs> Thank you. What do you um, What do you think about um, the royalties, like secondary royalties? Do you set that up where you get uh, royalties on future sales of your works? I think it's fair that yeah. the artists keep, uh, I don't know, like taking uh, part of, 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 of the value of, of their work because, I don't know, like, can you imagine if some piece was selling $200 and then, like, I don't know, for some reason, somebody likes selling 200000 and I think <laughs> it's fair the artist shares some of that. <laughs> And not just the speculators take everything. Yeah, I think it it should happen. Where do you see this all going? How do you see this? What do you see happening? What's your thoughts on this space over the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years? I have like, I don't know, like different feelings sometimes. Sometimes I had this idea that the traditional art is going to get more involved, traditional galleries, traditional curators, and maybe mm-hmm. it's going to be depurated a little bit and, I don't know, like value the, the, the artists for their, their work, the quality of the work, the, I don't know. But I see a lot of speculation there too when people launch this, Exchange collections that everybody starts paying a lot, and then I see that game is not for artists, it's for like I don't, I feel like it's like a casino where people just throw their money and see mm-hmm. how they, they, they can gain from, from it. But I, I, I think it's a good niche for digital artists, and it's not going to stop. Maybe it's going to divide at some point that. People mm. who want to speculate, they can keep doing it. People who want to buy art and learn about, about art, artists and art can, I don't know, find something there. But I'm not sure. 
<laughs> I cannot say. Yeah, it's interesting. I just saw, it's always curious to just hear what people think, you know, uh, the, a lot of people have a lot of speculation about where, where this is all headed, you know, from my viewpoint, I think like all art in the future will probably be, you know, tokenized at some uh -huh. point. And, 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 and I want to make clear, I don't criticize that speculation and all those things because that keeps the market alive for the artists too. Like the for sure, we, we need money. all that speculation and volatility Absolutely. and the money and the you know all of that keeps the interest alive and keeps Absolutely. people. Absolutely, and if somebody yeah. I don't know sell a ape and two hundred thousand dollars, probably he's going to buy some art and then right, right, uh, welcome. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you're exactly right. And that's what was happening in the bull market. People were making a ton of money, um, speculating on cryptocurrencies and NFTs, buying PFPs, uh, like like the board apes and crypto punks uh -huh. and all of those things. And we're making a ton of money. And then a lot of that money trickled back down into art and artists and collectible works uh, from people like yourself. Yeah, so yeah, that, that, that is why I agree with that. I don't criticize that ever. <laughs> yeah. How do you um, how do you put a price on your art? How do you value your own art? Like what what drives the value for you? Uh, I had to learn with my the friends that my friends that were helping me from the gallery. Mm -hmm. Let's say you have to set uh, like put a good price in the beginning because that is going to keep uh, high forever. Like, you know, mm -hmm. like you're going to have some collectors, you have to respect the, the, they pay for that and they expect maybe sell it in future, I don't know. Sure. Uh, but personally, I work very hard, and very long time in my pieces. Like I spend like two, three, four weeks in a piece. And mm -hmm. I think I, I don't want to sell that piece for like, I don't know, very little because I rather to keep it. Right. It's a lot of work. That is the way I price it personally. I uh I noticed uh when I was looking up your um when I was looking up your works on Nifty Gateway, you sold um geometry lessons sold originally for two hundred and ninety nine dollars. Mm -hmm. The last sale Someone sold for $999 and the current floor is $3,000, which mm -hmm. is really great for you. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 That, that, I, I, I feel very well with that. And I also feel very good about it because I hold a couple of pieces. <laughs> Keep that piece. You, ne you never know what is going to happen with that piece. Do you do anything for collectors, like the existing collectors? Do you have any plans for existing collectors? This is where I'm, I'm going to hit you for a little alpha now. Uh, <laughs> or the, the people holding your artworks, is there is there anything that you... And the, and the next um, drop that is going to be next Thursday is going to be uh -huh. a piece. Uh, it's going to be in, in 199 for collectors. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, and, and, and maybe like some art drop in future. Yeah. Uh, I, I am very slow in, in, in my drops because I take a lot of time to do my drawings. Uh, yeah. But yeah, during, I don't know, like uh, 
maybe next year I would start to do other things. But yeah, like I, I'm not like this artist that shows a collection every single month because my work is very slow. <laughs> How long does it take you to create a piece typically? Uh, it depends. Some take like two weeks, some take like three or four weeks. And that's a, like diligently working on something. Yeah, maybe two or three or four hours per day. Oh, wow. That is, that's a lot of effort. A lot of time of your yes. time goes into something. Uh-huh. Do you take that into consideration when you're putting a price on something? Yes. And putting value absolutely. to it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think like, oh my God, I have like a hundred hours in this <laughs> of my time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's got to be hard for artists, I, I think, to like to value, you know, like to figure out, to navigate through that, like, you know, what's this worth and what do people pay and, you know, how much can I sell this for? I think that is why maybe artists don't sell that much because they, they rather to keep that piece mm-hmm. or maybe give it to somebody they love. But mm. give it for like nothing or uh, that, I don't know. I, I, I cannot do that. It's, maybe if I do something very easy. Yeah, of course. But. <laughs> say we're getting close to the top of the hour. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you'd like to say about yourself? You we want any, the world to know about Katarina Escobar that I didn't ask? Um, what? No, maybe... Maybe a little bit about, about the concept of my work. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear about that. I I started, like when I was drawing, I started to topics a little bit more political. And I talk about, what, as you say, religion and a lot of, about education because my mom was teacher and I was teacher and that is a, sen- a sensitive talking for me because um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very good way to learn how society is uh, right now through the behavior of students mm. uh, and, and how they take the world. And that fit, fit me a lot. Um, with the pandemic, I changed a little bit the topic. I was not talking too much about politics or, I don't know, economical situation, about war, about mm. education. And I, and I start to talk a little bit about myself. And maybe that was because during the pandemic, I have a hard time. Maybe everybody had a hard time, like inside sure. the house uh, every single day. And I was like, doing some introspection, like seeing my, my, my own existing, reflecting. And maybe that you can see in my last work and the digital work, there is a lot of self-portraits. And, and, and I don't want to talk exactly about me, maybe women in general, maybe about my mom, about my grandma, about, about uh, my friends. Mm-hmm. And you know about like loneliness things that loneliness things that that, that we feel not mm-hmm. just with the pandemic like women have like those kind of uh well you like, come from colombia which is a very patriarchal society absolutely, right absolutely like, absolutely yeah. 
And women have hard time there. They have to work hard. They are not treated well from the church, from the government. And then I wanted to express those all those feelings through my, my last pieces. Mm. A little bit, it's not feminist, but talk a lot about the women, the contemporary women. You're telling the world something through your art. Uh-huh. What is it? <laughs> that maybe even if the war is complicated, we can live we can liberate ourselves. Mm. Maybe in my case it's through art. I don't know other women what can they do, maybe. I don't know. But my, my way is art. I think that's a perfect place to wrap up. What about you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was really good. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I enjoyed this time with you. Yeah, same. Same. Was very, uh, I'm very um, glad to get to know more about you and your art. I'm, as I said before, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm following your career. And I'm a collector, so I plan on uh-huh. being there next Thursday. Yeah, I, I appreciate sure. that. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, how do you, are you nervous? Being uh, doing drops in the bear market like this, I am, but uh, I am not at the same time because I don't know. I think uh, I did a good work. If people can appreciate and people can can get it, it's, it's okay. If I, if they can, like the work is going to be there, and maybe in future when uh, the market is in better shape, they can just check it. It's, I'm not nervous about it, honestly. Okay. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you, Katarine. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'd like to thank all of my listeners for joining me on another episode of The Ledge with Katarina Escobar. Thank you again, Katarina, for a very enlightening and enjoyable conversation that we had today. Katarina said that you can find her on Instagram and her Instagram is at K-A-T-E-R-I-N-E-A-R-T, Katarine Art. And you can find me on Twitter at Harper underscore underscore Chris or at ChrisHarper.eth on Instagram. I look forward to connecting with you all every Tuesday on The Ledge. Thank you. Thank you.